Hello, Internet, and welcome to Die Hard on a Podcast number 28. Nope. 27. Number 27. Where we're we're going to discuss uh, the bullet and the rock. rock. Two two pivotal San Francisco movies. And, um... Frisco. I'm I'm really happy because The Rock is actually very Die Hard like, and we we got back to at least one movie that <laughs> definitely of, yeah. resembles Die Hard. Yeah, um, it's not it's not a Fountain of Three Ages, but yeah, The Rock is is closer to Die Hard than yeah <laughs> yeah than Buster Keaton or um, The Fountain, this existential crisis, transcendental <laughs> uh, movie. Um, and you know, I, I, it's also got Sean Connery in it and I forgot how much I love Sean Connery. Um, cause I guess he really hasn't done anything lately. Like, I mean, he, I, I think he's retired. Like, right. I think he's, he's officially retired. I think this is like his last, what's his last movie? Let me look. I feel like this might be one of his last for sure. Yeah. What's his fucking film? Well, I mean, he's gotta be really old, you know, cause I mean, you gotta think. He was James Bond starting from like 1963. Yeah, his first role is in 1954. <laughs> yeah, so. Let me see. Here. You know, that's the like Rock. Paul Newman's age. He did The Rock in 96 and then he kept doing some stuff and he did something in 2012. Hmm. Oh, he did a voice. I remember that. Some like really weird animated, animated movie. So he did the voice of that. Okay. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was kind of like his last movie movie. Right. I like that movie. I thought that was pretty good. 2003. So, yeah, he's been out of the game for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, what was what was fun about this time um, was watching Bullet and the Rock was it was fun to see how much the world has changed in 2017 versus 1996 and then back <laughs> to 1968, you know. And just like yeah. how radical it is, because you know when you live through it, you don't really think about it, because it's all a real gradual change, you know. But you yeah. know, in 1996, they had the crazy cell phones, and uh, like just stuff that you don't even really think about anymore. <laughs> well, it's like yeah, just watching The Rock and the and Bullet compare. The comparison is just like Bullet is so much more, uh, like a, a calmer movie like just like just like it's shot just like it, ha- it's, it almost takes its time yeah it definitely takes it definitely takes its time that was one of the first things i noticed that it was like almost 45 minutes between before steve mcqueen's character actually confronts any bad guy at all and yeah, um he's, he's the he's the fucking best his character he's in- introduced as like being woken up and he's got like this crazy robe on and just like he's just like cold and wants coffee <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like the, the production to it like i like such a like like supposedly pivotal like cool character as, as bullet as his name is bullet right <laughs> well and, you know what i like is that he's simultaneously like this super cool badass but he's also like really incompetent you know like the guy he's guarding freaking dies maybe 20 minutes 10 15 minutes onto his watch he gets assassinated because he's off screwing some hot english chick and he's like, hey, if anything happens, call me. Yeah, he's just like, hey, you got this. Don't worry about it. And then, you know, the bad guys show up and they're and like, boy. hey, it's the lawyer. Should we let him in? And he's like, it's not the fucking lawyer, you moron. It's two o'clock in the morning. No, don't let him <laughs> up. But of course, they let him up. Well, he didn't really let him up, but of course, they show up. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's just like every. he. There's no real 
like Bruce Willis moment where, you know, Steve McQueen rolls in and like wastes everybody. There's no moment where he even like kicks some guy's ass, you know, he just like wears all the bad guys down, you know? Yeah, he's more like the, the the Bruce Willis before the terrorists show up. He's like right. that Bruce Willis. Yeah, he is, and he is very. He's like the McLean who was like all kind of washed up and yeah, on suspension all the time. It's always I was watching I was watching Bullet. It's always it's always funny because in the movies they always talk about oh you're the you're the bullet from you know the newspapers and blah blah blah. And it's like we never do we have cops like that like now or have we ever had cops where it's like famous police officers. Uh, oh, I know we do. You know, I know that. We, I know we that do. We do. I can think of somebody right now. James Comey. James Comey. Yeah, the FBI guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's sort of. I mean, it's kind of a stretch, but I mean, he is. He is a, a police officer, or you know, a law enforcement guy who's kind of really famous right now. Um, yeah, now he's... maybe he's more infamous than famous. It depends on your leanings, I guess. But yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess it would work because yeah. It's almost like like somebody worked a famous case, right? Right. Everybody because of that, and this and that. And I think it was like that. I can't think of it. I just know it's it's always a trope in uh, movies where it's like the cops, like oh yeah, there's hot shot cop, right? And he's in all the papers because he took down the killer and so he took down somebody or whatever. And right. Like, where are all of our hot shot cops at? <laughs> like it's that it sounds exciting. It does. It does sound pretty exciting. Um, and you know, I, I actually had a discussion with a guy I work with. There's a guy I work with who's really into old movies, just old mm-hmm. movies in general. Um, um, he made a good point, which is really kind of obvious in Bullet, is that you know he was like, I don't like new movies because they don't rely on the plot anymore. That they're they basically reply reply or rely on good looking actors and actresses and special mm-hmm. effects. Which yeah. I think maybe he's generalizing a bit too much. Um, and maybe not branching out and watching the kind of movies. Um, but, you know, as mainstream movies go, you know, if you even look at just Bullet versus The Rock, you know, yeah. Bullet is way more plot heavy. You know, the whole, it's the plot that's driving you to keep watching versus in The Rock where it's you wanting to see Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery kill a bunch of people that kind of drives your interest in the movie. Yeah, The Rock is basically like a bunch of mil- militants. Uh, a group of militants have taken over Alcatraz because of some past doings and they want to get rich off of it and then they have to send in Nick Cage and The Rock and some other people to to stop them and that's basically it. Yeah, and that's it, you know. Um, whereas, like, it'd be hard for me to explain the plot of Bullet in a few sentences, you know, because it's got so many twists and turns um, and there's so many little subtle things going on that you can't just say, like, like watch it while you're playing on the computer or something you actually have to really pay attention to the plot and of course i also just watched north by northwest which is another really good example of that where you know there's not a whole lot of action in in north by northwest but the plot is so crazy that you're on the edge of your seat the whole time because you want to know what's going on yes yeah, it's, it's a nice little mystery because yeah same with bullet though bullet's a nice mystery too because you're like why are they why do they kill this this informant or slash witness protection <laughs> like, like right. I, this guy went, it was like it was just, i was even confused at why they were killing this guy and why he was unlocking the door and right because they don't give you a whole they don't give you a whole lot they just give you like little hints little crumbs for you to say hey you know you start asking those you, you know you keep watching because you want those questions answered um, yeah, it was, i thought it was pretty interesting because it was at the end let me see if i got this right at the end 
because basically they set up a guy who looked like the guy yes. <laughs> like, that they were looking for yes. like to get away yeah. and then because the, then when you see the guy in the airport he kind of looks like the guy that right. got killed yeah and that's and, and that's crazy because they interview they introduced the bad guy they're basically the villain 10 minutes before the movie ends is basically what happened right right like, um, like the actual like like bad guy like 10 minutes before the movie ends it's like oh this guy is the actual guy like Oh that's yeah, crazy. and I, yeah, because they only sort of reference him up until then, because they think they're they're chasing some other guy, basically. Yeah, that's crazy. I thought that was really interesting, and just kind of like they didn't really like spell it out for you. They just you just kind of like, had to like, kind of like figure. Yeah, it out no, they definitely didn't spell it out at all, which I <laughs> which I really appreciated. Uh, you know, like I mean now. It's like they write it really big with crayons, and of course, again, I'm making generalizations. There are there are modern movies that that do that kind of stuff pretty well, um, but it's not the norm like it was in say the 50s or 60s. Yeah, and that being said, though, I think I like The Rock better than Bullet. Yeah, me too. I think I think I enjoyed The Rock a lot more. I mean, Bullet's fun and like it looks good, right? But it is it is it has some slow moments, and I'll be honest, the car chase is fine. I think The Rock one is just as good. Yeah, um, you know, it, it, actually, I, I wanted to comment about the the car chase too. Something that I loved in uh, Bullet and the the one in in The Rock was good, uh, but I see the mistake in you know I make drone videos on YouTube for the hell of it, and one of the things I see with YouTubers where they make mistakes with their drone videos is they only ever show one camera angle. Um, yeah. They they only ever show you like the cockpit view of the drone, like the actual camera that's on the drone, and I think it's way more interesting like how they shot it in Bullet, where they would show you the cockpit view of Steve McQueen driving the car, and then they would pull way back so you could see how fast the car was doing, you know. And if you watch my drone videos, I I actually really make a conscious point to switch and mm. like you know show different angles of how the drone flies so that you can see how fast it's going. Um, and I yeah. see a lot of car chases that do that too, where, you know, it's a car chase, but really all it is, is just a, a cut back and forth from them, you know, the dashboard of the car and then like the characters in the car and you don't actually get to see the car squealing around and stuff like it did in bullet and in the yeah, rock yeah. too. Yeah. That being said, the bullet one looked like it was, it was out of control half the time. <laughs> like, yeah. They had no idea where the car was going half the time because it would smash into like the car or like the area where the camera was basically setting sitting yeah um and it did it, it looked like it looked like they they didn't have a real controlled set with that which actually i thought added kind of to the yeah. tension of the car chase so I'll, I'll give it that for sure because it's like when we fly around corners it's like i don't think that was supposed to hit that car like right that. like i mean it really looked like he was just you know winging it um which was is in the story that's what he was doing you know yeah um, and of course, it's Steve McQueen who he's like the the godfather of car chases. Uh, yeah, what else was that? the jazz? The jazz score was pretty sweet, though. The sweet, sweet jazz. Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> well, and, cool. and you know the jazz score, and it just it made me kind of like think, man, I wish I'd lived in an earlier time. You know, because it's like we go out now and it's kind of cool, but it's just, you go out and there's a freaking DJ playing like whatever bullshit's on the radio right now with a really crazy thumping bass and freaking auto-tune music. You know, and, and in Bullet they go out and they're in this fucking hip jazz club, you know, and there's like a band and everybody's just like dressed up and cool looking. 
I was like, yeah, you know, that I, I can see that. That just seems so much more glamorous than now. Now, of course, it could have been, it could be different. It could be because I never lived in that time that I kind of yearned for it. But, you know, I mean, you know, it just did. It seems like more sophisticated or glamorous. What's the, did you notice, um, yeah, everybody was like wearing like suits and stuff. Everybody was yeah. Like, really cool looking and it's like, Everything, yeah, like I said before, like everything was just like kind of like, took its time. Like it didn't really right cut cut a lot. It made sure like the shots were just nicely composed and just like a couple right. times they would like do like <clears throat> what was essentially like almost like three shots into like one shot, like a Spielberg type thing. Was like you just like was it in the hospital? It was a great shot because Stephen McQueen was talking to like the other detective, talking about like what they're gonna do, their plan of what they're, they're gonna move the body, right? They're gonna move right. the body around. The two cops are in the, in the foreground. You see the, the doctors in the background. McQueen discusses his little plan. Yeah. And he goes around into the, the office with the doctors. It explains it. And the, the shot just kind of like pushes in. And you got like two shots into one. And you don't even need to hear them saying anything. So you just got like the sweet jazz score over top of them, like discussing the you know their plan, which is just like a really like subtle, but like really nice touch, I think, for, for Bullet. Yeah, man, definitely. It freaking really, uh, <clears throat> really is freaking sweet how it does that. You know who else is like a, does that a lot is Quentin Tarantino in his last few movies. You know, he's always taking his time. He's definitely not trying to, uh, you know, yeah, he's not. <laughs> he's, he's he's he does whatever the fuck he wants. Basically, it's true. And and you know, and sometimes I think that's to his detriment. Like. Um, yeah. Uh, the Hateful Eight, like, I, I mean, overall, I enjoyed it, but, like, I felt like, like, hey, you could get on with it, you know? <laughs> like, like we get the point, you know? You guys need to start killing each other or screwing or something. That's <laughs> all <laughs> so I did know. I saw in the 70 millimeter, like, the Roadshow edition, it was even, like, longer. Oh, wow. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, and, I mean, and the other one that I really, like, like, Jackie Brown, I thought was, like, a fantastic movie if they cut, like, 20 minutes out of it, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I think it's... I mean, I, I enjoy all of his movies, even when they're long, so it's like... Right. Well, and that's the thing, too, I got, I need to say, is that it's not like I disliked either of those movies. Um, yeah. And then sometimes he gets away with it. Like, uh, in Glorious Bastards, I thought he completely... You know, it was another pretty long movie, but I thought he really got away with that. There wasn't any time where I felt like, oh, we should just hurry this up because it's just sort of going nowhere. You know, that whole movie, everything was going somewhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe it's like the subject matter too. Like, true. The, the war, the war might be a little more like yeah, exciting than like five people, like eight people in a room, <laughs> right? <laughs> like this crazy, just like murder mystery type thing. Yeah, yeah. Um. So the Rock, right? The Rock. So I think so, speaking of Tarantino, I think he has like an uncredited writing credit on The Rock, actually. Really. I could see yeah. that because that yeah, was like when, like when I was watching. I read that beforehand. I was like watching. I was like, yeah, I could see that speech being Tarantino. Tarantino, yeah. The, the Beatles thing, right? The beginning, mm-hmm. which by definitely where he's like, yes, I'm a Beatles, I'm a Beatle maniac, and they sound better this way. Yeah, the whole vinyl thing, mm-hmm. vinyl thing before like vinyl made like a comeback. So yeah that was back whenever i was actually super into vinyl and we were a really 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 small minority of people yeah um and i i mean i think it's really cool that it's become like big again like i i think that last year uh if 
vinyl sales actually beat CD sales? Oh, I'm sure they did because yeah, nobody buys CDs. Nobody anymore, buys right? CDs anymore. But I mean, well, like I mean, just today, I was in um, this store called Second and Charles, which is like a big, it's like a department store for geeks. They have used books, comic books, toys, and then they have like a whole huge section of vinyl. Nice. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty sweet. And then uh, I was somewhere else. Um, was it? Oh, FYE at the mall in Lavelle. I went to FYE in the mall in Lavelle, and they had a whole section devoted to vinyl and buying like they had actual record players and stuff for sale and i thought man that's really that's pretty cool that that's kind of making a comeback because you know there's like there is something about vinyl i think and i mean i don't know if it's that it sounds better although like definitely the kind of some of the kind of music that we listen to like the garage rock like like the fucking makers sounds way better on vinyl um yeah yeah. you know but there's also something to be said to like holding that album in your hands and seeing that big crazy artwork on it and kind of exploring the liner notes and looking through everything that you know you kind of lose with the digital age yeah i mostly buy like ryan a few years back got me a a, 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 like a record player because he's he's huge in the records oh yeah i've seen his facebook posts of the record player so he like he he brought up like an extra like turntable basically and some records so i've i've just slowly been like buying stuff back and like I'll, basically all i do is buy old soundtracks though because they're right. super super cheap <laughs> and nobody wants them so like, right like records are like more expensive than anything anymore so it's like I still don't know if I could collect vinyl as much as most people do because, like, there's still like twenty five bucks for like some good, like, good vinyl records. Right. Wait, that's way too much. <laughs> if I'm gonna buy vinyl, I'm gonna buy like eight bucks, eight dollar uh, soundtracks. It's yeah, absolutely, that. absolutely. That being said, I did, I did like speaking of Tantino again. The Hate Forty soundtrack on vinyl is pretty fantastic. Is it good? And the Django is like the blood splattered, nice vinyl, which is pretty. I love pretty Django awesome. Unchained too. I thought that was a lot of that movie was a lot of. Fun. I, I like. I mean, I know it wasn't really supposed to be fun, but I thought it was kind of fun. See, that's where like the last ten minutes need, should have been shaved off. Right. The Tarantino section could have been fucking gotten rid of for sure. Yeah. Just because he's terrible in it. Right. Oh, poor Tarantino. <laughs> he's, just, he's just bad. He's uh, doing like some you know, actually, Australian accent. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, actually, a person I know is super into the Golden Girls, and she's always watching the Golden Girls, right? Yeah. And I actually watched the uh, episode of the Golden Girls that Quentin Tarantino's on. Oh yeah, well, he's like Elvis. Well, he's a he? little Elvis. He's an Elvis impersonator, and he's actually pretty funny as Elvis. That's hilarious. Yeah, and he's he's great from *Dust Till Dawn* and like *Pulp Fiction*. He's great, I think. I thought, but like him doing an accent, this weird like Australian accent. It's like, oh god, come on. Yeah, dude. it's just sorry, buddy. I mean, I know he always wanted to be an actor, but and then and, um, I'm not sure if it's in the both *Hateful Eight, but he does like the narration. Is it? In, do you remember that? He does a narration like halfway through. Like, uh, yeah, during, like the yeah, animation yeah, section, yeah. he does like a narration. I'm not sure if it's in both versions or if it's just in the roadshow version. But he does the narration and like it just takes you out of the movie like instantly because it's like what's well, Tarantino narrating in some sort of weird Wes Anderson type of way almost. Right. It's really it's really weird. Huh. It's like, it's like that, that that's not necessary. Yeah, <laughs> you're kind of like what. <laughs> I just watched it, and I know what happened. Didn't right. you tell me what happened. 
Yeah, and that's always weird when they tell you. But yeah, I mean, The Rock, the movie itself, I think is... Uh, I prefer it. I don't know if it's better than Bullet, but I prefer it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because, like, I guess from the most... uh, What's the word? Like, the most freaking critical or, you know, literary standpoint, Bullet's, like, kind of the more groundbreaking movie. But at the same time, I had more fun watching The Rock. You know. Yeah, the rock is the rock is one you could throw in, like, right. And just well, and and, you know, and I mean, and I had seen the rock before. I'd never actually seen Bullet until we had watched it tonight, yeah. Um, or you know, watched it for this, and like, I still felt like, hey, even though I've seen the rock multiple times, I'm really enjoying myself a little bit more. I will. I'll go give McQueen some props towards the end, right? And he's, well, he's in the airport. I got some notes on this one. Right. What, what, was it Robert Vaughn keeps coming up to him. The, the politician keeps asking him what's going on, what's happening. Right. And basically, McQueen just keeps walking away from him, never, never, never saying anything. Uh-huh. He just, like, walks away. Like, every time he's like, what's going on? What's happening? Are you going to catch this guy? He's like, nah, I'm good. Right. He just, like, walks away. <laughs> and then the one time, Vaughn, at the end, um, confronts him. And he tells him, we all, it's like, oh, we all have to compromise bullets. And he goes, bullshit. Like, <laughs> yes, that's bullets. That's yeah. McLean. Like, you wait the entire movie just for that. Like, right. Yeah. You're like, okay. Yes. That's how you do it. But what else on The Rock here? Do I have any notes? I don't think I have much notes on The Rock because it was just. It's just a good time, but you know, really another thing that I kind of <laughs> another thing that I kind of like is in the beginning of the rock, and it's so you know it so dates itself is that they get a teddy bear from freaking Sarajevo, you know, and like because we grew up in the '90s, we know all about Sarajevo and the Bosnian conflict and how we were involved in that. But like, does somebody who was say born in 1996 even know what the fuck they'd be talking about, you know? Because <laughs> they don't really bring a, a they don't say like a whole lot about it. Um, but then they do, you know, like they, they, he's like, oh, well, this teddy bear is from Sarajevo and that's no good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they, they, there was some. Let me see. On the, on the Wikipedia, they talk about the Iraqi chemical weapons. There's some censorship issues. With oh, really? Weapons. I did not know that. Oh, the censorship is not. It has something to do with something else. Oh, OK. Let's see. Oh, here we go. There's a scene from the film. Was the basis for incorrect and false descriptions of the Iraqi chemical weapons program. Huh. <laughs> Does that mean they use the movie to like to like um... justify an invasion? <laughs> I wouldn't be. I, you know, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. It's possible. It really is. <laughs> Just here, the co-writer said, "What was so amazing was anybody in the poison gas community would immediately know that this was total bullshit. So, such obvious bullshit." <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess that's great. Like, the movie itself was just all made up right which it seemed like it this seemed just like a weird device anyway yeah with the little like green balls it's just like that seemed like so unsafe <laughs> like <laughs> yeah and they're, and they're just like hey no problem we're gonna freaking set this thing off <clears throat> yeah so that that was actually pretty decent um, I, I, I kind of like it whenever movies aren't like super realistic you know like sometimes I'll watch movies that are like super realistic and I'm kind of like oh like did you see Shot Caller that recently came out 
Shot collar? No. Yeah, and it's about a guy who like rises to become the freaking head of the Aryan Brotherhood. <laughs> no, it sounds sounds like a good time. And um, it's a it's a pretty <laughs> good movie, but like I mean, there was a lot of stuff that was like I was like, wow, that's a pretty realistic de- description, you know? Shot collar. Yeah. I gotcha. That is. Um, it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I I actually enjoy Michael Bay movies a lot. So yeah. Uh, I love. I actually love the Transformers. Well, you know, and I was actually surprised. I was surprised. I had no idea that The Rock was a Michael Bay movie. I didn't know that he had been making movies that long. Oh yeah, yeah. This was, I think, his second movie, maybe. Right. I think he did the uh, Bad Boys, and then he did this. I feel like. And I guess there was a. I, mean, I guess so, because earlier on, they talk about. Um, I read where like, the producers weren't quite behind michael bay on this movie right so they went so he went to a movie with like the producers and sean connery like tagged along and basically gave him the go-ahead so it's like hey i believe in this guy so whatever he says it goes nice so basically with sean like sean connery basically like let him do the rock so that's pretty cool yeah and i mean like i said he's i i, I like his movies too because he doesn't really have any kind of pretentious he likes to make fucking crazy action movies where shit blows up and mayhem goes on and the good guy wins you know yeah I mean, and, and that's fine that's like that's like by me that's okay i mean every movie doesn't have to be eight and a half you know did you see did you see pain and gain that is that the mark Wahlberg movie yeah where mark Wahlberg. The Rock movie. Yes, I love that movie. That's 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 fucking Michael Bay too. That's, that's really. Uh, really is it? I did not know that. Um, yeah. and I actually was just getting lost on YouTube uh a couple days ago and like watching you know like the list. There's a lot of list of YouTube videos like, and I watched uh like it was like called ten, um, ten movies that pissed off the subjects of the movies and it brought up it brought up pain and gain and the guy who got kidnapped in that who i believe was joe pesci in the movie maybe not oh who was it it was tony shalhoub tony shalhoub okay yeah him the guy the real life guy sued over that because they said they made him look like a total douchebag which they did yeah <laughs> Um, and you know, and his case was based on, and I believe they settled out of court, but the suit was like, you know, Hey, I was a victim and they kidnapped me and nobody even believed that I was kidnapped. And I went through freaking hell for however many weeks. And then they come out and make a movie and they don't show like, you know, like they make it look like I completely deserved it, you know? Yeah. They didn't make him like out to be the good guy at all. (laughs) No. And, um, and you know, and he actually sued over the way they depicted him. Um, and, and like I said, I'm pretty sure they, uh, they settled out of court over it. Um, but I love that movie. I thought that movie was funny as hell. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I love, I actually love the Transformers movies. I missed this last one in the theater, which I wanted to see. Right. Cause they're just, they're so insane. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, you can't not, and like, they just keep going further and further away from everything. It's just like, it's, it's insane. Like they're just mm-hmm. kind of like, you have to see to believe. <laughs> yeah but no i did not know that was a michael bay movie I, and I, it, I watched that recently like that was something on netflix where it was like okay i'll give this a shot and then ended up just like completely watching it all the way through i mean the rock walking around with a skateboard this just seems like the weirdest thing yeah 
<laughs> like, like I, I want to see him ride that thing. Come on. You know, it's funny. Whenever, <laughs> whenever The Rock was at the very height of his wrestling fame, I remember my friend and I, who were huge The Rock fans, saying, like, you know, he could be, he has the p- potential to be a freaking great actor because he, he just owned that Rock personality so well. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I'm happy to see that he's become such a successful movie star. I think I've said this before on here, but I always think he hasn't quite hit his mark yet. I'm glad he's very successful, but like his action movies aren't quite what I think he should be doing. Right. Like Pain Green is awesome, and then like I haven't seen it, but I feel like Baywatch is more of his is more of his right his speed. where he's kind of tongue in cheek. Like yeah, what? Because he's, what he's was hilarious. The movie, yeah. <laughs> what was the movie where he was the um, gay bodyguard? I was like, uh, be cool. Yeah, yeah be, be cool. cool. He was freaking so funny in that. Yeah, and he's great on Saturday Night Live, like every time he's on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, so like, he's, yeah. He's, but yeah, the, the Fast and Furious movies, he's, I mean, this last one, he actually, I feel like he's really come, I think he's like finally into the role now. He's basically just playing himself now, which is right. awesome. Yeah. The first couple he was in, he, it was a little rough because he was trying to do some other character, which doesn't wasn't quite working. Some like badass character who didn't make jokes. Right. I was, like, was like, that's not The Rock. No, The Rock makes jokes. The Rock is extremely funny. And that's how that's how he became the biggest professional wrestler in the world, was he was so funny. You know, because he yeah. was supposed to just be a bad guy, and he had a good work ethic. He, he was a very good in-ring performer, and he was supposed to just be a bad guy, but he was so good at insulting people and making it hilarious that he turned into a freaking good guy, you know? <laughs> Well, he was supposed to be a good guy first, and that that horrible character. Oh yeah, when he was a cult, like a freaking Cabana boy or some shit like that. But he, he just came out as like Rocky, Rocky Maivia, whatever. That's right. Yeah, yeah. With, uh, like the like light blue, like streamers and right, like, right, the curls stuff, and he was, and it was yeah. awful. So much yeah, so once... that I think they were gonna cut him. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, you know, but yeah, but then he turned bad and went on the nation of domination, and it's so fucking awesome because he would when he was taking control of it. Um, what you call it, Farouk, Ron Simmons. Yeah. Uh, Ron Simmons was the leader of the nation of domination, and The Rock comes out and is in the nation of domination, and he gives everybody in the nation of domination a, a freaking like thirty thousand dollar gold Rolex as a present for accepting him, except for Farouk. And Farouk, he's like, I got the best present of all for you, Farouk. And Farouk's like, oh, yeah? You gave these guys $30,000 Rolexes. What am I getting? And he hands him a portrait of the rock. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I saved the best for you, Farouk. And he gives him a portrait of himself. <laughs> oh, so he needs to be that character. Like, Yeah, he needs to be that um, guy, like, all the time. Uh, he needs to be that character in a movie. That'd be mm. fantastic. Yeah. Or like uh, whatever. There was one time where he pulled some girl out of the audience. He's like, "Hey, honey, where are you from?" She's like, "Chicago." He's like, "Oh yeah, do you like pancakes?" And she's like, "Yeah." He's like, well, "Why don't you pancake your ass back to Chicago?" <laughs> doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense, but it's funny. <laughs> Speaking of, did you watch wrestling this week? Uh, no, I, I didn't. I was in the parking lot. That's right. In in the freaking, <laughs> and I didn't get to watch the um pay per view either yet. Yeah, that's why I'm mad. It was okay. Was it? 
The, I mean, watch, I love a watch, good Hell in the Cell match. Watch the opening because the first match is the tag teams with New Day. Right. Usos, and it's a fantastic match. Nice. I, I love the like, New Day. I absolutely freaking love the New Day. They're like they're like the mm-hmm. only ones who I feel like they get it. You know that mm-hmm. that a they're supposed to be like way larger than life and a little mm-hmm. ridiculous. And they were like it was like Vince said, okay, we want you to be these really goofy like My Little Pony black guys. And they were like, we got you, fam. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, what, well, they came out as like gospel singers, inspired singers, right? They like just boot out of the fucking building all all fucking day. Yeah, they became heels. But yeah, but I mean, they they back up like they have that, but plus they can wrestle like right, like business. they have really good in ring ability. Yeah, so which is always helpful. But yeah, the first match is good. The rest of it is it's okay. I'm hoping that they bring, like it seems like they've been hinting lately that they're gonna bring some New Japan wrestlers over and have like a crossover with New Japan, and that would be fucking amazing. Because have you seen the guy Okada, the Japanese wrestler Okada? No, I, I I listen to the podcast and they talk about him a lot. He's a god, dude. Hold on, I'll I'll see if I can't find this gift to link. I'll link it to you after the podcast. It's freaking insane. Um, but yeah, no, the guy is like taking in ring performing to a whole different level. But uh, I've been meaning to watch some of that stuff too. I just never get around to it. Well, and that's kind of that's the so problem. Much, there's so much wrestling now. Like all of a sudden, it was like there was no content, and now there's right. And and there for there there for a while when Paul was like super obsessed with wrestling, I was really getting a lot of it because mm-hmm. like I insisted that he have to watch the indies. I was like, you know, you can't just watch, you can't be a mark, you can't be a super hardcore wrestling fan and only watch WWE because you know there's a lot of stuff that's not in WWE that's out there. So we were watching um, Lucha Underground and uh, Ring of Honor a lot. And, uh, yeah. you know, and that was cool. I mean, because, like, it's one of those things. The production value is not as good. The freaking writing is, eh. But then, you know, you'd see these matches, and the matches just blow away freaking anything that the WWE has. Um, now, of course, they've come back a little bit with, like, um, NXT and 405, 305 Live. There's a lot of really good matches in that stuff. I like the Lucha stuff because it looks, it looks not like nothing else. No other wrestling show. Yeah. The underground stuff is like the Robert Rodriguez stuff. It just looks so like good. grittier. It looks, yeah. you know, and well, and like the vignettes are just like the best thing because they're just like so serious. Yeah, yeah. I film like a movie and it's like, it's crazy. Uh, and speaking of which, you, you have Netflix, right? Yeah, I just got back. Actually. Have you watched American Vandal yet? <clears throat> no, I just. I got it back like two days ago. Okay, so. well, you got it back. See, there's no, you have to watch it. It's probably the best satire that's come out in two or three years. Okay, um, I've seen it. I've seen it up there advertised. Yeah, and like, I, I mean, I don't want to give away anything from it, but the best the part, the, the best the part, is the one with the uh, penises. Yes, with the dicks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, and the best part about it is it never one, not one time, not at all, does it ever stop taking itself seriously, like. You know, because it's making fun of like the making a murderer and the was this man wrongfully convicted of murder and he spent 20 years in jail and all that. And, you know, like the whole time they act like that's what they're talking about is they're, you know, they act like they're talking about a guy who spent 20 years in prison for murder. I mean, and they're just 
the, the, they never once stop and laugh at themselves, and it's fantastic. I mean, it's so funny, dude. Awesome. It had me and Patrick in tears. Awesome. I'll have to check it out for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> nice. So sweet. Um, we're at 35 minutes. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to add before we uh, jump off. Because there's, like, I know when I was watching the Steve McQueen movie, I was like, oh, you know, I see this. Uh, but, like, personally, I mean, I'm, I, I, I respect Steve McQueen and I kind of like him. But, I mean, as far as action heroes from the late 60s, early 70s, I'm kind of a Clint Eastwood guy, you know. Yeah, Steve McQueen always seemed like he was, like, reluctant to be, like, that type of actor and... Every time he was in one of those types of roles, like even the getaway, he always yeah. seemed like he wasn't quite into it. Right, which you could almost say would would sell his badassness a little bit more that he wasn't into it. Um, but the I don't know. Seven, him in the Magnificent Seven with Gil Brenner is pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah right when they're, they're escorting the funeral up, the first time they meet that that sequence, that scene with those two guys are fucking right. And that's that's Sam Peckinpah, right? No, that's am I a, wrong? No, that's the Wild Bunch. That's what I'm thinking of. Is the Wild Bunch? I always get those two confused for some reason. I forget. I think John. I was. Uh... I mean, I know that it's both that it's based on the Kurosawa film, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched the Kurosawa in a while, but again, I might prefer the the Western. Yeah, no, the Western is way better. I actually watched Seven Samurai about maybe six months ago, and everybody and everybody was mad at me. They're like, "Why are we still watching this?" And I was like, "It's a fucking classic of cinema." <laughs> they were like, "We don't care. It's boring." <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's not like I love both of them, but like I, I think I would prefer Magnificent Seven to watch. One yeah. Of them. I haven't watched the remake of it either. That one's not too bad, actually. It was, it's, right. it's, but it's, is it Zombievers? I'm, I'm just saying we almost went 30 zombie. minutes without without comparing something to Zombievers. So it's no Zombievers. Yeah. I think we yeah, should see if we, we can have Zombievers on 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 here. Yeah, or, oh, well, like the fiftieth, the fiftieth edition will have to be Zombievers. We have to work up that, you know. Uh, but yeah, we, I was actually really proud of Shifty. We were at, at this party and, and they, you know, there's a bunch of movie nerds and, and like, you know, they were ta- they were discussing what kind of movies they liked and what the best of that genre was, you know? And like, I was talking about how I really liked Woody Allen's, um, comedies like, you know, Manhattan and Annie Hall that they're kind of comedies, they're kind of romantic comedies and they're kind of like the same, like this weird existential thing. And, and while I'm explaining that, Shifty goes, fuck that, Zombievers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you win. How do I, how do I beat that? <laughs> you, you, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You know? it, was like, it was like that scene in Blue Velvet where he was like, I'll have a Heineken. He's like, Heineken? Fuck that shit. Paps Blue Ribbon. <laughs> yeah, she basically papsed your Heineken. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she totally papsed my Heineken. <laughs> I Let's get off here then. All right. Well, we'll, um, we'll figure out what the next movie is uh, for next week, and we'll post it on the Twitter. Thanks for listening, and um, like, subscribe, and comment. Yeah, go see Zombievers. Go see Zombievers now. (laughs) (laughs) Now. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Oh.